Do you have a tricky work problem that you need to solve? I have a great podcast recommendation for you featuring a pair of expert women. Whether you're just starting your career or a seasoned professional, check out Fixable, a podcast from TED. Hosted by Harvard professor Frances Fry and her wife, leadership coach Ann Morris, the brilliant duo provide honest, actionable advice to help you navigate everything from a gaslighting manager to returning to work after parental leave. They'll leave you feeling empowered and ready to act. Listen to Fixable wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Boss Dub Podcast, episode 368. Today we are talking through the pros and the cons of quiet quitting. You've seen it on the headlines. You've seen it go viral on TikTok or whatever your social media app of choice is these days. Everyone seems to be talking about quiet quitting and a lot of people have a lot of strong opinions about it. So today I want to kind of share mine and talk through when I think quiet quitting can be the absolute best thing for your career, and frankly, when it can be a real problem for your career. And at the end of the day, the choice is yours. So first, let's back up. What the hell is quiet quitting? In case you haven't run across this term before, there isn't really an official definition anywhere. It just went a bit viral a couple weeks ago now when a lot of employees have been talking about in this climate, mind you, of epidemic levels of burnout, how important it is to set boundaries and frankly refuse to take on additional work beyond, above and beyond, your existing role and expectations. In fact, I've seen many a clever TikTok out there about acting your wage, which essentially is all about not delivering more for your employer than what you're being paid to deliver. A lot of this quiet quitting conversation has started Uh, years ago now with the rumblings around the great resignation or the great reshuffle, whatever you want to call it, because so many of us are just burnt out uh, to the point where quiet quitting can be kind of like a vitamin to keep you going or just prevent burnout from completely consuming you. I think quiet quitting is certainly better than burning out and quitting in a fit of rage out of desperation. But whatever the reason is behind the rise of quiet quitting as a part of the conversation, it has a lot of employers freaked out. I saw a recent statistic from Gallup that shows only 32 of full and part-time employees are currently engaged in the work that they're doing. So people are not only fried, they're just mentally checked out after years of managing multiple global crises on top of one another. You can hardly begrudge anyone for not feeling like they're on top of their game right now, but it's got employers freaked out. So today I'm speaking not only from the perspective as a manager myself, but also as someone who feels a bit burnt out, as someone who's probably in the same boat as the majority of us, which is like, maybe work isn't the end-all be-all of my identity. Maybe as much as I love Bossed Up and have to admit I'm very engaged in the work that we do, quiet quitting, if that's about boundary setting, I'm all for it. You know, I want my employees and I want myself to be able to turn it off at the end of the day to put in a good day's worth of work and then go home and be a person outside of our work identity. So today let's let's sort of break down the benefits of quiet quitting and when that level of boundary setting can be 
really helpful and serve you in a stage of career that you might find yourself in right now. Look, I think at the end of the day, quiet quitting is a different approach to boundary setting than the one a lot of us have been conditioned to take. Instead of asking for permission to set boundaries, this is about asking for forgiveness and just taking those boundaries, implementing those boundaries, setting your boundaries unapologetically, despite whatever consequences might come your way. It's the difference between asking if it's okay that you don't answer an email on the weekend versus just not answering an email on the weekend. (laughs) Or it's the difference between you know, telling someone, hey, now that you've added these three special projects to my plate, can we please move back the deadlines on the existing stuff that I've had to do for months now? And instead of asking for that permission, it's saying, look, I'm not going to make those deadlines. That's not all possible. I can't load my plate up with three additional projects and continue to operate at the pace that we've operated at. If that's what quiet quitting's about, I'm here for it. And I think, in fact, At different stages of your career, quiet quitting is actually called for. So let me dive into some of the stages that you might find yourself in where you would benefit from a little bit more quiet quitting, where it can actually serve you well strategically. Because I think for those kinds of professionals, it's about what do I need to do to sustain myself right now? Because if I want to have a career with impact, and I've said this for a decade now, if I want to have continued ambition three years from now, not just three weeks from now, I have got to be willing to strive for sustainable success instead of just martyring myself for the good of the cause or the good of the team. So here's when quiet quitting can serve you well. One, when you feel like setting boundaries less directly is not getting you the results that you hoped for. I actually spoke with Insider Magazine last month about quiet quitting and I made it really clear that it should be a manager's job to set clear expectations. Exactly what it is that you should be doing at work, what your deliverables are, what your expectations are, ideally should be set and communicated extremely clearly by your manager. But I also know the world that we live in, and that's not always possible. Not every manager has training and knows to do that. Uh, And frankly, not every manager is perfect. We're all human beings. So that even if we know hypothetically, like some of the lessons we teach in the Level Up Leadership Accelerator, all about setting clear expectations for direct reports, it's all well and good in theory, but it gets busy. I get it. You know, it's hard to make sure that you're super clear with folks. So what I said to Insider Magazine, or also known as Business Insider, is this. Get clear on your role and what you're actually doing. Remind yourself of the standards and expectations required to do your job well by revisiting the job description that you were hired with and write down all of the tasks you complete regularly in order to fulfill that role. Oftentimes, a lack of role clarity is what leads to an overwhelming amount of work falling to you or you just begin to assume and sort of collect more responsibilities than what's necessarily possible for one person to have on their plate at a time out of a sense of duty and obligation or just leadership drive. You see things that need to get done, so you put them on your plate. And scope creep like that can happen 
without anyone's malicious intent. You can just find yourself with an overwhelming amount of things to do. So if setting boundaries for yourself by just waiting for others to take things off your plate or begging for permission to take things off your plate is not working and historically has not gotten you the results that you want them to or, or that you want that to, it's time to quite quit. <laughs> it's time to take off your plate without permission. It's time to just start to see what you can live without. Start to see what you can drop and honest to God, half of the job seekers that I work with, I say to them, look, if you're actively job searching, and that's another category that quiet quitting applies to, right? If you're actively job searching, you got to start giving 80% at your day job. Or you at least have to quit giving 110%. And you would be shocked how few people will notice. And I think there's a little bit of quiet power in that. Like quiet quitting is just doing your job and not going above and beyond and see if anyone even notices. Because truly, there's nothing bad about doing your job well, you know, and not going above and beyond. It's like just because you can give 110% does not mean you should. And so when you feel like boundary setting historically has not gone well for you, this is your challenge to try something different. Instead of asking for permission Start by quietly downsizing and downgrading yourself and just see what happens. Treat it like an experiment. The same thing applies when you do not see a future for yourself at the organization anymore. Let's say you've been patiently waiting for that promotion that was promised to you a year ago and it hasn't materialized. We actually did a whole podcast episode on patience and promotions and how much patience is too much patience versus not enough, right? If you are being told one thing, but you just do not see any action that would give you evidence to show you that you have a future here and that your boss sees a future for you here, then it is in your own best interest of self-preservation to quietly quit. We're just saying not to go above and beyond when we say to quietly quit. So, you know, there's nothing wrong with giving 100% to your job and not 110% or even 90%. We can't all be at 100% all the time. So see what it would feel like. Give yourself just one week to experiment with quietly quitting. If you don't see a future for yourself at the organization, then it's the best, most logical course of action. And that brings me again to actively job hunting. If you are currently job hunting, and I talk about this all the time with our clients in our hired job search accelerator, you got to give less to your current job. Even if that means disappointing others, sometimes you got to disappoint some people to make yourself proud. So in this moment, if you find yourself just disengaging from where you're at at work, know that you might ruffle a few feathers. You might let some people down, and that might create some really tense feelings for you, right? If you're a people pleaser, if you're used to making everyone around you happy and comfortable all the time, this is hard. It's a total mindset shift. But Keep in mind what it is that you're doing this for. Who are you putting first when you put your employer second? You know, you're putting yourself first. You might be putting your dog first. You might be putting your boo first. You might be putting your baby first. Like, there is more to you than your job. And so when you are quietly quitting, remind yourself that you're actually putting those other parts of your life on the front burner when you put your current job on the back burner. And finally, that brings me to the burnt out boss. 
if you are burnt out and and trust me like like 50% of women report feeling burnt out right now uh, which is a truly groundbreaking statistic like higher than they've ever measured before I'm, I'm keynoting a conference for women in tech all about burnout and it's what's most discouraging unfortunately about the burnout research from 2022 is that women are significantly more likely than men to say that our burnout levels and stress levels now are worse than they were a year ago. Now, let me tell you this. I'm about to switch gears here. You might think of me as a hypocrite. <laughs> this is going to sound counterintuitive or inconsistent. But as much as I agree with everything I just said, there are certain times in your career where quietly quitting is a career killer. Okay? There are different approaches for different stages and phases and eras of your work life. And here's when quietly quitting can frankly do harm to your career. So if you are actively positioning yourself for a promotion at your current place of work, quietly quitting is not going to help you get there. And I'm not saying that you should always be angling for progress in your career or that you should always be driving towards a promotion. But If you are putting your foot on the gas pedal and trying to show your boss and those around you that you are ready for more, that you're ready for growth, that you're ready for a challenge, uh, this might not be the season for quietly quitting. This just might not be it for you. And of course, that doesn't mean you have to martyr yourself continuously and suffer your way to success. That's no fun. But there's also nothing wrong with burning the midnight oil on occasion, right? Like I certainly have worked hard in the past decade to try to position myself now for more work-life balance than ever and for a team, hopefully, that I can design a workflow that delivers work-life balance for everyone. But I was not exactly the poster child for work-life balance in the first couple of years of starting my own company. That's just not what is going to launch my company. And it's not like I had a runway of other people's money to fund my ambitions. I was bootstrapping it. And that meant hitting the gas pedal. It meant putting in the extra mileage. It meant proving myself to myself and my community and all of you that we could be here together and be listening to this and be kind of having this conversation together because of younger me putting in the extra hours. I think there's some truth to the the old saying that it takes 10,000 hours to master any craft. I would say probably 100,000 hours to really master a craft. And if you want to get those hours in faster, you know, it's up to you. I, I actually think that this cult of quiet quitting, this like the cult of work-life balance in and of itself can actually make you feel shame if you're in a season of your career where you're putting in extra hours, right? If you are burning the midnight oil, burning the candle on both ends, you are pushing yourself to the limit. The last thing you want to hear is someone saying, why are you still at the office? Go home, relax, (laughs) put your feet up. You're doing great. Like stop working so hard. So I think there's, there's a little bit of radical acceptance there. If you can say, this is not how I'm going to work for forever. 
but this is how I'm going to work right now because it's important to me that I deliver for this client or it's important to me that I show my boss I'm ready for that promotion or it's important to me that I get all of this stuff done before I'm out on maternity leave. <laughs> you know, whatever the pressure is that you're facing right now, you don't need the additional pressure on top of that pressure saying in your head, oh my God, you shouldn't be working this hard. That's just not helpful. So that's when quietly quitting is not going to be for you. Same thing if you have a brand new boss and you really want to impress this person, right? You've got a first impression opportunity. You're the first 100 days in a new position, right? Like this is not the time to say, hey, uh, that's not in my job description, so I'm not going to do it. And I think there's something to that energy, which is I'm here to help. Let me show you my value. Let me show you what I can do for this team. And that makes a really good, strong impression. And so this is just not the time to be, you know, pumping the brakes if you're brand new in a position and you want to impress that person. You want to make that strong first impression. And that brings me to my final point. Here's one I think quiet quitting is not going to be helpful, is when you're in a new stretch role, right? You've just been given a leadership opportunity. You've just been given a special project, which is an opportunity to prove yourself. Some company cultures, whether you like it or not, don't promote you, especially women, until they've seen a proven track record of your performance. Should it be that way? No. We should all be earning our own wage and acting our wage and be, frankly, assertive about keeping things off our plates that we didn't sign up for when we took the job. But that's not how a lot of workplaces work. A lot of workplaces reward people, for better or worse, with a promotion after they've seen you prove yourself through a special project. If you are aiming to upshift your career, to level up into a leadership role, to try to prove yourself and test out your leadership capacities, there's no shame in seeking out those kinds of stretch roles and stretch opportunities. And that's when quiet quitting can do serious harm to your career. So if you're hearing this kind of um, drumbeat of act your wage, draw healthy boundaries, don't do anything more than you were hired to do. I just think that that can be taken too far <laughs> at times too. And the bottom line here that I want to leave us with is whether or not quiet quitting is for you and is for the phase and stage and, and sort of era of your career that you find yourself in, that is nobody's call but yours. That is a personal decision. And be careful about not projecting your own experience with quiet quitting onto everyone else around you. You know, I give advice for a living. I'm a career advisor, basically. And you're listening to this podcast because you probably like some of my advice. But no one, including me, should tell you what to do with your freaking career right now. I got into a little argument uh, in the comments section on my LinkedIn post that I made a, maybe a week ago. When was that? Yeah, a week ago from the date of this recording. So it'll be about two weeks uh, ago when you're listening to this. But uh, it's a little bit of tension on this post. I, I shared the Insider article um, that Adrian Granzella wrote, or Adrian Granzella Larson wrote for Business Insider that quoted me about, uh, I think it's called, Six Experts Share How to Quiet Quit Without Putting Your Career at Risk. And this person who I've never met before said, frankly, among other things, you know, 
if you have a job where you're quiet quitting, then you're clearly not where you need to be. And I was like, damn, that's pretty strong. (laughs) So I wrote, yikes, I would hope that just because you might be hitting the gas pedal to pursue the next level of your career right now doesn't imply that everyone should be doing the same all the time, right? Like, we've got record levels of burnout. We've got multiple global crises happening at once. Like, surely you're able to acknowledge that that kind of a renegotiation should really be up to the individual. And she <laughs> she replied saying, I don't know why I let this go on so long, but she replied saying, if you're feeling burnt out, maybe it's because you've been stagnant in your career and you're in the same position for too long. Maybe it's a job that no longer aligns with you. You know, Maybe it's time to move on instead of quiet quitting, which I find a little ironic because isn't that quitting? <laughs> you know, quiet quitting might just be the first step to actual quitting, uh, but there was no acknowledgement of that. And she and I went back and forth a little more uh, assertively (laughs) in the comment section here, but she ended by sort of saying, honestly, managing stress is part of life and how you deal with that is up to you. I guess I've been lucky enough to have careers that I chose and truly enjoy. Sorry for those who don't choose to follow their dream. And I'm like, damn, that is so harsh, but such a reminder that your experience with quiet quitting, boundary setting, whether you are pushing yourself to the highest possible limits in your career right now or easing up a little bit to coast for a hot second because you are more than your career, that is your choice and no one else's. So let's not be this person in my comments section and let's resist the temptation to project our own experience with boundary setting, quiet quitting, whatever you want to call it, on everyone else around us. So it's a topic that I think has gained a lot of heat and controversy because everyone has a lot to say about it and they want to project their own experience on you. But that is not how this works. At the end of the day, you're the boss of your career and I'd be curious to hear how you're thinking about quiet quitting, whether it applies to you right now or not. So let's keep this conversation going, as always, in the Bossed Up Courage community. After the episode, I'll drop a link so you can join us there. I'd be really curious to hear, what do you feel like quiet quitting means to you? Are you practicing quiet quitting right now? And how is it going? And as always, you can get links to all of the resources that I mentioned in today's post, as well as a corresponding blog post at bossedup.org slash episode 368. That's bossedup.org slash episode 368. And until next time, keep bossing in pursuit of your purpose, and together we'll lift as we climb.